Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gorell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on. Welcome back. Today is part two of Sleep in Your Brain. Last week, we looked at what's actually happening to your body during the sleep process. If you remember in last week's episode, we talked about the optimal times and what happens during those times in our sleep patterns. That 10 to 2 time period when we're asleep and our body wants to begin repairing its physical structures, and then the 2 to 6 a.m. when our body enters that REM sleep where it'll accomplish those psychological repairs. So when we're not getting that optimal sleep, we're dealing with hormone imbalance, toxicity in your brain, decreased cognitive function, poor decision-making. We have a propensity for gaining weight, depression, and are at higher risk for diseases. So today we're going to talk about what it is we can do to ensure that we're getting the optimal sleep for brain health. First thing we can do is set a sleep and wake time. Every single day, seven days a week, we need to go to bed as close as you can in that 10 o'clock time frame, and then wake up between 6 and 7 a.m. And you do that every day. So your body gets into this cycle. I'm going to bed at the same time. I'm getting up at the same time. Now, I like to push mine a little earlier. I'm not a late night person. So for me, if I can get in the bed around 9 o'clock, That's perfect for me. It doesn't happen very often, but that would be my my wishes. But getting into bed at the same time every night and then getting up at the same time every morning, and that includes Saturday and Sunday. Yikes. And I actually am putting a check mark next to that one that I do that. I am pretty good about going to bed at the same time, um, getting up at the same time, and even when I am not sleeping in the middle of the night, because it's really tempting once you finally fall asleep to just say, I'm just going to keep sleeping. And I actually, I still get up. Good for you. Because yes, you're exactly right. If you've had a few bad nights sleep, you're like, I'm just, it's Saturday. I don't have to get up for work. I don't have to get up for anything in particular. I'm just going to sleep as long as my body wants to get your body back out of cycle. So if you do force your body to wake up at six o'clock every morning, then what's going to happen is you're going to be tired. So instead of sleeping till 10 o'clock in the morning, because you could that particular day, forcing your body to wake up at six o'clock, when that nine or 10 o'clock rolls around, you're going to be tired. And what you're doing is you're training your body, you're training your brain to go to bed. I have a question on that when you get super tired. Do I've noticed sometimes when I'm super tired and I'm ready to fall asleep and I force myself to stay awake for something, it could be anything, but I force myself to stay awake, that I have more difficulty getting to sleep eventually because I didn't go to sleep when I was first tired. Absolutely. You've overridden that system in your brain. Your yeah, system, it is your- like an override. 
It's exactly what it is. It's an override. So your body is like, okay, it's sleep time. And you've probably introduced something to help your body stay awake, right? Whether it's light or caffeine or whatever you've introduced to your body to say, no, I've got to stay up just a little bit longer because you've thrown those chemicals out of balance. Your melatonin had kicked in. It was like, okay, it's time to go to bed. And you said, no, it's not. And so then when you say, okay, now let's go to bed, your body's like, oh no, you told us we couldn't. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. The other thing is you've got to cut off your caffeine by three o'clock. So it isn't so. It is so, Lori. It is so. No caffeine after three o'clock. And the reason is, is that caffeine stays in your body for six hours. Six. It doesn't feel like it's staying in my body for six hours. I know sometimes I'm not sure it's staying in my body for six minutes, let alone (laughs) six hours. But actually, yeah, research will show that your caffeine stays in your body for six hours after you have had it to drink. So even if you could go to sleep, it disrupts your sleep pattern. And, you know, so one of the neat things that I had been told about this power napping, and that's a whole other discussion, but to get a really good power nap, you should drink a highly caffeinated drink and then lay down. And then you will lay down for 20 to 30 minutes and take a power nap. And then the caffeine kicks in and will wake you up. So, so it's, it's a a nap time cocktail. It's a nap time cocktail, but not, not after three o'clock, no caffeine (laughs) after three o'clock. The other neat thing is, and this is the perfect time of year for this is you've got to get more sunlight during the day. So that sunlight will help the production of the melatonin that you're gonna need in the evening. So it's regulated by that light exposure. So when the sun goes down, your body knows, oh, okay, now I can begin to produce that melatonin. But if you stay in all the time, and like in the wintertime when it's dark and there's not a lot of sun and it's cold and it's dreary and it's raining or whatever, your body doesn't know when to kick in with that melatonin. So whenever you can get sunlight, you wanna make sure that you're spending a lot of time outside. And and this is the perfect time of year to do that. I know that I am outside. I even work outside uh, a lot now when I can. I'm, I love sun. I love vitamin D. Vitamin D is so good for you, but it's also great in helping you, your body know when to produce the melatonin. So you know when to go to sleep. Well, I'm just going to have to tell my clients to excuse the noise of birds behind me, but I am going to conduct our time together outside. Well, one of the great things is, is that you can bring this in with your clients. So you can teach your clients, hey, follow my lead. I'm going to be outside for this meeting because this is what I'm doing. When I stay in my office all day and I'm behind these four walls, I am limiting my body's ability to know when to produce the melatonin for sleep. So we're all going to be better leaders and we're going to go outside more. It feels like when I was in elementary school and and being from the East, spring was a really big deal. And so, you know, that first sunny, warm day, we always wanted to go out and have class outside. It feels like I want to go talk do my appointments outside and encourage <laughs> your people to do it tree and have class exactly and how many days do you eat at your desk do you eat your lunch at your desk oh yeah i'm feeling like i've been called out <laughs> <laughs> because why we want to be more productive right 
we have, have things, things to, do, to do, have things to do. And that's also a whole nother podcast talking about uh, giving yourself a break, but giving yourself that sunshine break will help with your sleep. So you live in California, Lori, get the heck outside. <laughs> you know, and I probably do get to have that sunshine experience now that I'm here. Um, more than most, because, you know, at the end of the day, except for in the winter, because it gets dark by 420. But I can get outside into the sun long before my East Coast family. Mm -hmm. Pretty much all year, I have opportunity whether I take it or not. And so now you need to start taking it. Now I need to start taking it. Yes. You have been privileged to live in the sunshiny state. So get out and enjoy that sunshine. The other thing you need to do is minimize your light at night because bright light, again, in the evening, it tricks your brain into thinking that it's still daytime and therefore it's going to affect that production of melatonin. So in the evening, you want to turn off those bright lights that you have in your home. You want to use the softer lamps instead of the big overhead lights and keep your house to a minimal when it comes to lighting. So we'll just call it cozy lighting. But I think where I, I put my pouty lip out is the, uh-oh, I can't read in bed anymore. Yep. Uh. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to read in bed to begin with. It, and that helps with your sleep because, again, your brain, if you work in your bed, you know, some people will sit there and they'll do work on their computers. And it's this whole brain game that you're playing. So there's really only two things that should happen in a bed. Sleep being one of them. Okay. So, but think back to the old days. We talked about the farmers who got up with the sun and, and worked the fields and then they went down. What kind of light did they have? So we're talking Little House on the Prairie here? We're talking Little House on the Prairie here. Okay. They so had candlelight. They had candlelight. So they probably weren't reading their primer in bed by no. candlelight. No, probably not. And they didn't have those bright lights illuminating in their home all evening. So they were kind of winding down from sunset on. Exactly, exactly. And then they were able to go to sleep sooner and better. One, they're tired from working all day, but two, their bodies were producing that melatonin because we didn't mess it up with all of this artificial stuff we've created. They weren't watching television for an hour. Yeah, speaking of which, that's the next tip. Minimize your screen time. Your body cannot tell the difference between sunlight and the light on your TV, your computer, your phone. You have got to get rid of the blue light. So your body still thinks it's day and it's still going to continue to pump out those daytime hormones um, an hour before it's time to go to sleep. You need to have all your screens off. So no reading the iPad in bed. So what about those groovy glasses that they're advertising now that eliminates blue light? You know, it, there has been some research done on that, uh, that that is helpful. I'm not going to say yay or nay because I don't know enough about that, but I do know they're starting to come out with those uh, limiting blue light glasses or even some of our, our newer phones and iPads have that where you can minimize the light. But the best thing for you to do too is just, just turn those off. And especially if you're playing games because the games require this amount of brain activity. And so your brain is still hopping when it's time to go to bed. So it's still, it's still firing on all cylinders when it's supposed to be sleeping. 
I did give up words with friends. Oh, I'm so proud. Yeah, about, it's probably been six, eight months ago because I was, my brain was super active because I was playing essentially Scrabble in bed. And so I was not winding down at all. In fact, I was staying very jazzed up trying to use my letters in the most strategic way. So I finished up whatever, whatever time I realized that I finished up my games and, and haven't played since. Well, and you can still play. You just need to play during the day or early evening. You don't. And really, bedtime was really the only time I would ever allow myself to play. And everyone that played with me knew that they weren't going to get a response from me until bedtime, you know, and, and for my East coast peeps, that means, you know, they wouldn't see it until they got up in the morning. And so it, because I had whatever kind of structure of knowing going that I could only play words with friends at bedtime, um, I just needed to cut it out. Yeah. So now grab a magazine. You can still read a little bit in bed. Well, technically you're not supposed to, to read in bed, but right before you go to bed, when you're sitting on the couch or you're in your chair in your bedroom, grab a magazine, you know, thumb through the magazine, just something that's not going to require a lot of brain activity on in a very low light. Re- again, remember, in a very low light. The other thing, and you started this already with the television, but get rid of electronics in your bedroom. So having electronics plugged in creates these electromagnetic frequencies, and they pump through your room while you're sleeping. And again, our science is showing that these frequencies wreak havoc on your sleep. Laptops and phones, they all need to be charged outside your bedroom. And if you have a TV in your bedroom, you need to unplug it so that you don't have those waves going through your bedroom. And I I can guarantee you, I know what I have in my bedroom or had before I started doing this, but how many of us have those electronics or we keep our phone? I have a friend, she actually sleeps with her cell phone. It's an old habit from when her husband lived in a different area than she did and she wanted to have that phone close by, but now she just sleeps with her phone all the time and, and that's terrible for you. Yeah, mine, I use it as my alarm clock. So it's right there next to the bed every Mm -hmm. night. Yep. And if you have one, it's not a big deal. But think of how many electronics people have in their bedrooms these days. Mm -hmm. Creating havoc on us. So get the electronics out of your bedroom or at least unplug them right before you go to bed. Uh, The other is to have a wind down routine. And I used to do this religiously when my children were babies. I was a big schedule fanatic. And because I wanted my babies to train their brains on when it was time to go to sleep. And so at seven o'clock, they would have a warm bath and we would put on PJs. And then we would get in the rocker and we would listen to lullaby music and we would have our bottle. And mom would sing to them and we would rock. And then at eight o'clock, I laid them in the crib and walked out, whether they were asleep or not. And this is something I did, you know, at two weeks old. And they responded to that and they were great sleepers. So they just kind of knew, oh, it's warm bath, pajamas, lullaby music. I'm getting a warm bottle. It must mean it's time to go to sleep. So have a wind down routine for you. And that wind down routine needs to be relaxing activities such as, you know, writing in a gratitude journal, 
what are the things that you were most grateful for? Because uh, gratitude will help you uh, sleep easier. What are the things you're most grateful for during the day? Doing yoga, stretching, um, meditation or prayer, taking warm baths. You know, I talked about the relaxing reading, not things that are going to get you pumped and energized. We've all had those books that we didn't want to put down. I just need to get to the end. That's not a good one to read at bedtime. I did one of those last week. I didn't want to stop. So I was up until at least 2 a.m. finishing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Mm -mm. (laughs) And I wasn't trying to be a martyr of, look at me. I'm so good as a leader. I only need four hours sleep. No, I was just not being smart and stayed up and finished a book. You just wanted to know what the ending was. I did. So that's why I mentioned getting that magazine because magazines don't tend to have something that you're like, (laughs) I got to keep going. Um, Definitely don't do work-related stuff that you need to really put brain thought into. But having that and do it on a regular basis. So having that routine, okay, I'm going to take a warm bath, no wine, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Don't make wine part of your wind-down routine, no alcohol. But I love to have a warm glass of oat milk. Uh, at night before I go to bed and I, you know, take, don't take a warm bath every night, but I'll do that a lot. I love your face. We zoom. Uh It just didn't sound appealing and I don't have a poker face. It's (laughs) crunched right up. (laughs) Not what you're going to do in the evening. So maybe for you, it's another thing that I love is hot water and lemon. And it's just that something warm and soothing, but there is qualities in milk to help you sleep. So, but anyway, find a pattern that works for you and do it every night because it trains your brain. Oh, wait a minute. This must mean it's time to go to sleep. Set up a routine for yourself as well. Some people get hungry at night and they like to have those uh, midnight snacks or those snacks right before we go to bed. Try your best not to do that, to have any kind of snacking before you go to bed. But if you require a bed time snack. Make sure you're avoiding the carbs and the sugary desserts. Eat protein or a healthy fat because the carbs and the desserts are going to create that spike in your sugar, which is going to disrupt your sleeping pattern. Eating a healthy snack of protein or healthy fats are going to level out your blood sugar. So if you have to eat, just make sure you're eating protein and those healthy uh, fats. Another good thing to do before bed is magnesium supplements. Uh, Magnesium helps you deal with stress and it's quickly depleted. So good magnesium supplement taken right before bed can help you in that quality sleep because it's going to help to reduce that stress level. And so many of us, I know these days, are stressed by the time we go to bed. Um, You know, I was listening to our podcast from last week and we talked about my friend who's at home working with eight children that have to be homeschooled. Good night. I can only imagine the amount of stress that she's going uh, to bed with. So we all have those in our lives right now. Another thing to do is black out your room. So make sure your bedroom is dark. If you live in a house or a building that has a lot of lights outside, put blackout curtains or blackout shades in so there's complete light. Get rid of nightlights. That was one thing I was pretty firm on with my kids. They wanted nightlights. We're scared of the dark, you know, type of a thing. And we worked other things to help them overcome being afraid of the dark. But nightlights were not a part of it because nightlights generate that light 
that is interrupting that melatonin production. Mm -hmm. We've talked about the melatonin and the cortisol, and I recently did, it was a home test kit. Have you heard of the company called Everly Well? Oh, no, I haven't. And they have all kinds of different testing, you know, food allergies, all this stuff. And one of them was a sleep and stress test. And I had a, a percentage off coupon, so I ordered that one. And when I got the results, um, I was delighted to see that the cortisol was normal. It means all of the uh, bioidentical work is, is working, but my melatonin was way low. And it was really interesting to see that because I'd never seen that in any kind of blood work that melatonin was specifically called out and melatonin was really low. And I hadn't yet decided how I was going to work on that, but this is a little kick in the pants to get on that and get it figured out. Yeah. And you can get melatonin supplements too. So, yeah. And that's why I, it's like, and we talked about some of them are even time released and, and mm -hmm. some of them you can get with extra stuff in them. And so I just need to figure out what's best for me uh, before I go that route. Well, I'm that individual that producing your own natural hormones are far better than any supplement hormones. So going through this list and saying, okay, what am I going to do so that I can help my body produce that melatonin naturally? And maybe I need to give myself a supplement now while I'm working on it, but can get off of that when I've worked out where my body is naturally producing uh, the hormones that it needs on its own. I think my biggest takeaway for, for myself and getting the melatonin production back in line is, would be the um, minimizing that light at night yes. and the cutting off caffeine after three. Yeah. So Lori, the last recommendation I would have to help you sleep is no alcohol in the evening. And that's even difficult for me to say. I love a glass of wine. I, I enjoy it's relaxing for me to sit and sip on a glass of wine. And I will hear people say, oh, I, I drink before I go to bed because it helps me to sleep. And that's actually a myth. It, yes, it can actually make you sleepy, but then you're going to have rebound effects. So when you have those rebound effects, it actually wakes you up and it interrupts those sleep patterns. So even though alcohol may make you sleepy, when that gets through your system, your system is going to do that rebound and it's going to wake you right up. So got to lay off the glass of bourbon or the glass of wine right before you go to bed. That needs to be, you know, a dinner time type drink, but at least an hour or two before you go to bed, no more alcohol. Very interesting. And, and, I'm not a, a drinker, so I wouldn't have thought about that one, and that is important to share. Yeah. Oh, I, I hear it all the time. And, and like I said, I, I love my glass of wine at night, but that's one thing that had to go right before sleep. Very good. So in all the notes I've been taking from what you've been sharing today, the practical solutions for extraordinary leadership that I picked up would be shooting for quality sleep, not just quantity. Uh, no caffeine after three, that was a big one. 
And having a wind down routine and the, the notes I made under the wind down routine were no electronics as part of the wind down, uh, expressing gratitude, whether it's journaling or, or prayer or whatever you do. And then I also picked up that stretching thing. It seems like that would be a really cool piece of a routine for me uh, to add into my wind down. Yeah, because if you think about it, we're so wound up before we go to bed that that stretching routine, it just kind of, it, it, it releases all of that. It kind of gets those tense muscles that you go to bed with all stretched back out and your body feels good again instead of being all tense and tight when you get in the bed. So it seems that to be a better leader, it's very advantageous for us to get our sleep into alignment. It absolutely is. And I hope, Lori, that some of these things we've talked about today will help you get your sleep back in alignment. I know that I'm going to be continuing to put a lot of these in practice. And I love doing things like this. This is something I've taught for years. And then when you don't look at it for a while, it kind of slips away. And then when we were preparing for this podcast, re-looking at some of my research, I was like, oh, shoot, that's <laughs> I need to go back to that. Yep. Good reminders. All right. Well, I'm so excited to got to spend the time with you today and looking forward to next week. Talk to you then. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites. For Lori King-Taylor, visit trinityperformancesolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit upwardsolutionscc.com. Until next week.